Hi, this is Barrett Bowden, pastor of Island Community Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. This past Sunday at ICC, we had a wonderful time together in worship, celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Lord. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties that prevented us from recording the message portion of that day of worship. Because of that, I'm here to give you a personal message and just to lead us in a time of reflection together on the true meaning of Christ's birth. Perhaps you can remember the first time you ever heard the Christmas narrative. For many of us, it happened when we were a small child. Remembering back in my own life, I think about my mom as she used to put out the nativity set every year, painted ceramic nativity set. You don't find those much anymore. But she'd put them out every year with my dad and my sister, and we would sit together and talk through the Christmas narrative as each piece got put out on the table. Many of you have had traditions like that. We're raised in a Christian family and are very familiar with the Christian narrative. Others of you who are listening today perhaps heard the narrative a little later in life, or perhaps you are familiar with it because of just seeing nativity scenes around out around town and Perhaps you're new to this country and you've heard the narrative for the first time as an adult. But many of us know the narrative. It's perhaps one of the greatest stories and most well-known stories uh, known in our world today. But I've been burdened this year as I was praying about what God would have us to reflect on during this season. What He'd have you to reflect on during this season. I began to be burdened just by the fact that many of us have a knowledge of this Christmas story. We have a An awareness of the story, of the moving parts of the story, the characters, the plot, we understand that well. But it's almost as if this story is like any other story we might have been told. Any other story like the Bernstein Bears or Harry Potter or any other great story from literature. But the Christmas story is not like any other story. Because the Christmas story is, well, first it's rooted in actual history. And second, the Christmas story involves and affects you and me. The Christmas story is not just a story for fond memories, but it's a story that changes your world and mine. You see, you and I need to have so much more than just awareness of the Christmas story. But we need to have spirit-given insight into the story and to what it actually means for you and me. We need to have spirit-given understanding into this story and how it changes our world. This story is not a story that we reflect on just as something distant in the past, but it's a story that you and actually you and I are actually involved in today. We actually share in this story. And so today what I want to lead us in together is just a time of reflection on how you and I are actually involved in this story. I want to bridge history into your present world today to help you see how this story of real history, this story about a baby named Jesus, involves you and affects you and can change you if you allow it. The story begins not with what many of us know as the beginning of the Christmas narrative. 
See, to understand the Christmas narrative, we got to understand that the the narrative, the story actually begins before that journey of Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. The story actually begins at the beginning of time. At the very beginning when God had created the world. He created man and woman just like he created you and me to live in relationship with God. We were always intended to live in relationship with God, to find our satisfaction, to find our value, to find our identity, to find our significance in him. To enjoy him and to live in relationship with him, always obeying him and doing as he pleased, but something went wrong. Something went wrong there in the beginning. And something has gone wrong in you and in me. That thing that went wrong is called sin. And that sin drives a wedge between us and our relationship with God. And ever since that wrong, that first wrong, and ever since that first wrong in your life and in mine, things are not as they should be. And this place is actually where the Christmas narrative begins. We find a setting as the narrative begins to unfold of a world that is not as it should be. And you in your own life as the Christmas narrative begins find the same setting to be true in you and in your world. Brokenness. A lack of peace. Discontentment. Restlessness captivity, a longing for more. Because of sin, we share in the effects of the curse on the world. We share in it and we can see it in in two distinct ways. First, we can see it in the world around us. The world around us today is, as Romans chapter 8 describes it, it's like groaning as as in the pains of childbirth, longing for Things to be made right, to be things to be restored as they should be. It's the same world that was there as the Christmas narrative began those thousands of years ago. And it's the same narrative that takes place today in our world. Things are not right. You look around us and we see wars and rumors of wars. We see disasters. We see disease. We see fights. We see relationship conflicts. We find lust and addictions that take us captive. We struggle with materialism. There are abuses of power. People and couples, families struggle with infertility and children that have gone astray. We see abortions at an unprecedented rate in our world today. We see unequal distribution of wealth. We see death. All of creation and all of the world around us is not as it should be. It's a world that is broken and in restlessness and discontentment and is is needing, needing redemption and needing renewal. All of this, the effect of sin, and not only do we notice it in the world around us, but we notice the same within us. And if you're honest today with yourself, and I'm, I'm honest with myself, I think you could admit you notice the same within you. You know, we are a lot like Christmas trees. (laughs) 
I know that sounds like a silly analogy, but it's absolutely true. We're a lot like Christmas trees, and let me explain how. We are cut down like Christmas trees and taken from our natural habitat. You see, our natural habitat being that place of intimacy, of relationship with God, of nearness and obedience and and love for Him. But all of us, by our own choosing, cut down and taken from that natural habitat. And you know, we might dress ourselves up like Christmas trees. We might dress ourselves up in all kinds of fancy decorations and all kinds of nice outward appearance. We might perform all sorts of good deeds and actually try to serve a good function. But in actuality, just like those Christmas trees, we are perishing. We have no spiritual life in us. And we are headed for the garbage. Inside, we're spiritually dead, disconnected from the source, even though outside we might be dressed up and trying to impress. This is the state of the world and the state of individuals as the Christmas narrative begins. This is actually the beginning, the context, the reality of the situation as we approach the Christmas narrative each year. And this is not just a story. This is the story of you and of me. This is real history. This is real experience. Things are not as they should be. Not in our world, not within ourselves. The Christmas story begins in a state of longing, in a state of desire, in a state of anticipation and heart cry for something to be different in our world and in us, for things to be fixed and brought back to as they should be. And thus, we can understand the words of the song that many of us sing so often at Christmas time. Come, come, thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Oh, release us. Let us find our rest in Thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all of the earth Thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. The Christmas narrative continues. And it continues with perhaps one of the more familiar pieces of the narrative. And I want to show you today that it's not just something that happened then, but it's something that happens now. The next thing that happens in the Christmas narrative is the news. The news of a Messiah. There is news that comes onto the scene. To Mary. And then through the angels to the shepherds. And then to the wise men. There's news, there's news that there is fulfillment of this aching, that there is an answer to our longing hearts, that there is news of salvation, of forgiveness, of restoration. Some people, like the wise men, experience this news, experience this this news of God's love and redemptive work through creation. If you think about the wise men, 
How did they find out about the Lord Jesus? Well, God moved heaven and earth, literally, to showcase His glory and to speak of His excellency, to lead them into understanding of who He was and His plan for redemption in the world. They saw the star. Could it be? Could it be the one we've been longing for? There's some of you today, like the wise men, that God has moved heaven and earth to showcase through His creation His glory and His grace, moving you to a deeper understanding of who He is in anticipation of what He wants to do in your life. Psalm 19 says that the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Romans chapter 1 says that His divine attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen since the beginning of the creation through the things that have been made. Some of you like the wise man. God's trying to get your attention to spread news of satisfaction through Him, through what has been made. For some of us, like like the angels to the shepherds, we experience this news through God's special revelation. If you think about the angels that day, they showed up and gave a special message, a message that pointed the way to Jesus Christ who was born that day in the city of David, Bethlehem, Christ the Lord. Glory in the highest, glory in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill to men. Shepherds that day, you can only imagine as they heard God's special revelation, could it be the one who we've been hoping for and waiting for? Could it be that he is here? And just like the shepherds, there are many of us who God is trying to speak to us through special revelation. Today we have his word. We have his word and the Holy Spirit is in the world today actively using His Word to speak to us, to penetrate into our heart, to point our attention and our direction to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are others of us, like the friends of the shepherds. You remember in Luke, the Gospel account shows that after they received God's special revelation, they went out and shared. They shared the news of Jesus with others. They told of what they had heard and what they had seen. And for some of us, God's trying to get our attention, just like the friends of those shepherds, through the news of others. There are many of us who people have come to us in the past, maybe even coming to us today and sharing with us about Jesus. God is trying to get our attention not only through creation, like the wise men, not only through special revelation like the shepherds, but through other people, like the friends of those shepherds. Could it be? Could it be that the one who can actually save and restore me has come? And then you hear the words of Isaiah, as was recorded in chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and of peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Could it be you hear the news that 
at Christmas. At Christmas, God sent His Son. He so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus. Jesus became a man and He entered into our broken world and He took up our lost cause. Like a champion who wins the contest for us, Jesus stepped into our shoes and lived the perfect life we could never live. Then on the cross, He died the death that we deserve to die. He took on our curse and took it down to the hellish grave that it deserves. But three days later, He arose again to a new life beyond death, beyond curse, and He invites us into His life and into His family. Could it be? Is this the one who will forgive our sin, who will bring us back to God, who will restore me and our world to its intended order? Seeking God, you come. Like the wise men, like the shepherds, like all who heard of Christ's birth, you come. I want to know Him. I want to know Him. I want to be restored. I want to be made new. I want to be happy. I want to have peace. I want to be healed. I want to connect back to the source of life. I want to return to my natural habitat. I've been dried up too long, dressing myself up, but on the inside, dead and perishing. Oh, I'm ready to take my dry branches and put them back beneath the life-giving water flow of the Spirit of God. You come. Some of us, just like those in the narrative that we encounter every year, some of us will face threat of persecution as we come, like the wise men did from Herod. People who say, you know what, if you do that, it's going to be bad news for you. But nevertheless, you come. Some will face doubt and skepticism, much like, remember John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, there in Luke chapter 1, as he heard the news and he doubted. There are many of us who may hear the news and doubt creeps in, maybe from other people, maybe even from lies within yourself or from the enemy. But still, you come. Come. Come because Jesus is God's Messiah, the one who is appointed from the beginning of time to restore heaven and earth back to God. Hark the herald, angels sing glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. To those who push through who to those who come to Jesus, who believe and to receive, who make their way to the king like the wise men and with the shepherds who take their place at his feet, who bow themselves before him in open reception and an open submission. Let me tell you, there's a promise in the word of God that is such a beautiful promise. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But for all who did receive him, for all who believed on his name, to them, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. When you come to Jesus, receiving and believing, putting your trust and your confidence in Him, let me tell you, friend, God 
will flood His Spirit into you, and you will be adopted into His eternal family forever. You will experience joy and peace and contentment and satisfaction overflowing from your heart. And God's work, His Spirit will begin anew in you. You will be returned to your natural habitat. And things will be made right within you again. You can join with Mary as she exclaims there after the Lord shows her His plan through Jesus. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with His arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Oh, this, this, my friends, this is the true celebration of Christmas. God's love is victorious. His salvation is sure. His plan is perfect. Through Jesus, God and sinners reconcile. Come and believe. Listen, we all celebrate Christmas, but and there's a lot of things today in our world that we think and sometimes make Christmas about. But let me tell you, Christmas is not great just because of warm memories or because of shiny lights or hot cider or a big man dressed in red for that matter. No. We celebrate Christmas because of Christ. The right response for you this Christmas it's twofold. I hope this Christmas that you will find your place in the Christmas narrative. That you will respond as God would have you respond as His Spirit leads just as those individuals responded there that night. The first way that we should respond is to come and to worship. This Christmas, will you see? Will you believe? Will you receive Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who is appointed, who was sent because of God's great love for you to return you to God? You were made by God and for God. And your life is not as it should be without Him. Apart from Him, you've been taken, like that Christmas tree, from your natural habitat, and you are perishing. Let me tell you, God knows this. He has seen your condition, and He's seen your need, and He loves you. And because He loves you, He sent His Son, His only Son, His one and only Son, Jesus, 
the great king of kings, to become a child, to enter into our brokenness, your brokenness, to take it on, to go to the grave with it forever, and to rise again so that you might have life by uniting with him. Are you united with him this Christmas? God invites you in. He's moved heaven and earth. He's given special revelation. For many of you, others have been telling you about it. He invites you in. Will you receive? And will you believe? For others of you, if you are united with Him, have you worshipped Christ this Christmas for His coming? Some of you have been so busy with everything else this Christmas. You've been shopping and you've been partying and you've been caroling and you've been rapping and who knows what else has been going on in your life this Christmas. But if it's anything like ours, it's been busy. But let me tell you, if you go through Christmas doing all of that other stuff, but you fail to spend time with Jesus, if you fail to spend time before his manger, at his feet, like the wise men bringing your best, coming to just worship Listen, if you failed to do that, you've missed it all. Christmas is not about anything other than Christ himself. I pray this Christmas that you could pray to God, Oh God, would you renew my love for you? Would you renew my passion for you, Jesus? Would you renew my awe and wonder for who you are and what you've done? Will you remind me, Lord, this Christmas that if you had not come, I would not have hope, I would not have peace, I would not have life, I would not have joy, I would not have contentment, and I would not have a relationship with you. Oh, but Jesus, you did come, and because you came, I have all of those things. And I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Help me to find my place, Jesus, in the Christmas narrative, so that I too might come and worship you. The first response that we need is to come and to worship. The second response that we need is exactly what the shepherds did after they came and worshipped Jesus and they understood who he was and what he was doing, what he had done for them and for the world. They went and they told. We saw, we sing that song at Christmas, Go Tell It on the Mountain, but it's so true that our role not only is to come and to worship, but to go and to tell. Like the shepherds, we have been entrusted with good news of great joy for all people. And this is way too much for us to keep for ourselves. Listen, if you're willing to share with others all the other materialistic gifts that you might give this Christmas, the socks and the toys and this and that, this and that, how too must we share the greatest gift of Christmas, Christ our Lord? making known His wondrous love and His eternal salvation and His willingness to invite us in. Listen, we live in a world today. You live in a world. You've got people around you every single day. Some of you in your family, some of you in your friend groups, some of you in your workplaces and on the ball fields. And as you go to Christmas parties this year, there are people around you who are seeking peace, who are seeking joy, who are seeking love, who are seeking hope. And let me tell you, our world doesn't offer it. I don't care how many high heel shoes you get or how many 
uh, HD TVs you put on your wall, there is a deep discontentment apart from God. The way God has made us, there is no joy that can be found, no eternal lasting satisfaction or joy or hope or peace that can be found apart from Him. And this year, you have the message that those people who are seeking need to hear. That message is the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ is what makes Christmas Christmas. You have the message, and I pray this year that you would have a desire deep within your heart to share with others the greatest gift of Christmas, and that is a return to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray this Christmas that you will not view the Christmas narrative as something of the distant past, as a cute little story that we tell every year to our children and reflect on. No, I pray this Christmas that you might realize that this narrative is a living narrative. Sure, it's rooted in real history, but it also bridges into our own life. It's the narrative of us all. And I pray this Christmas that you might have deep, deep joy in your heart, knowing that God so loved the world that he gave Christ to the world and to you that whosoever might believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. As I close today, I just want to reflect on one of the other stanzas of the song that we reflected on earlier. And I pray that this would be a prayer and a prayer of praise in your heart. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit rule in all of our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit Raise us to thy glorious throne. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for coming for us at Christmas. Lord, give us love for you, admiration for you, obedience to you, and Lord, I pray this Christmas that you would make us witnesses for you. May you be glorified in our hearts in our lives, in our communities, and in our world. We love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. I pray that you have a very, very Merry Christmas.